It began over 5,000 years ago when civilization was young. Every major culture, Egypt, Greece, Rome, India, Japan, studied it, practiced it, perfected it to a fine art. They admired its Olympian demands, strength, speed, agility, skill, grace, and courage. They did it to honor their gods, they did it to honor their kings, they did it to train their soldiers, they did it to compete, and they did it for fun. It has come down through the ages to us today. It is Coliseum Corner, the wrestling podcast where each and every Coliseum home video is reviewed. From the personalities and specialties to the best of the WWF and even the Collector Series. If you're looking for reviews of WrestleMania, Survivor Series, Royal Rumbles, and SummerSlams, then look somewhere else because this is a trip down memory lane of your favorite videos. We review the good, the bad, and even sometimes the awful. Join Bill as he takes us down a memory lane adventure the likes of which no podcast has ever gone before. So sit back, relax, and listen to this fantastic podcast that we call Coliseum Corner. And here is Bill to start the show right now. Hello everybody, welcome to Coliseum Corner. I am your host, Bill Yankovey, and today I'll be starting Volume 4 in the official World Wrestling Federation official home video library. Still into 1985 with Coliseum Video, and today going to be taking a look at the managers of the World Wrestling Federation. While the idea of a manager is almost extinct, Back in the 1980s, it was a really, really big deal. And this videotape that I'm going to be reviewing today is a perfect example. Now, how you want to call the name of this tape, uh, it, it depends on you. As I'm looking at the box of the videotape, it is known as the WWF's Amazing Managers. If you go to... ProWrestlingHistory.com, it has the video titled as The Amazing Managers. So, what I think we'll do for this video or for this review is I will be calling this The WWF's Amazing Managers. And yeah, we got some amazing managers here on this videotape. So, let's jump into it. So the videotape is hosted by Bobby the Brain Heenan. And yes, this is the first time that Bobby Heenan hosts a program in the Coliseum video series. So he talks about how we are going to be discussing a plethora of managers on this videotape. And it brings up an article from the World Wrestling Federation magazine, the October-November 1985 uh, uh, edition of the WWF magazine and there's an article in there about what it takes to be a manager and what it takes is you have to be loud you have to be smart you have to know what you're doing to be a successful manager in the World Wrestling Federation well let's dive into it 
our first look is at one of the newer managers in the World Wrestling Federation at this time, Mr. Fuji. Now, Mr. Fuji at this time is currently managing the magnificent Morocco. And we get a video of Morocco laying on the beach in Hawaii, getting suntan put on him by three lovely-looking ladies. Which leads us to our opening match, a tag team match, where it is Mr. Fuji and the Magnificent Morocco facing Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and the Junkyard Dog. This match stems from an incident that happened on national television a few weeks prior to the match where Mr. Fuji and Morocco two-on-one on Ricky Steamboat and hung Steamboat around his neck with his uh, with his karate belt. Well, we just get a fight right off the bat, right at the beginning, and Ricky Steamboat is just on fire. I mean, he goes after Fuji, and then he goes after Morocco, and then he takes him to the outside, uh, Morocco, and Steamboat sends him over the barricades. They go into the fans, and he grabs a chair, and he hits... Morocco with the steel chair putting him out then and this is like three sequences in a row he hops over the barricade to get back into the ring he hops back into the ring then he goes to the other side of the ring hops over the rope to the floor to go after Mr. Fuji Ricky Steamboat is on fire in this match now eventually Fuji and Morocco do get an advantage in this contest but Steamboat manages to get a tag into the Junkyard Dog. So we get to see a little bit of the JYD and the Magnificent One one-on-one in the ring. Towards the end of the match, Steamboat does come in and we see that Fuji manages to grab some of that ceremonial salt that he usually throws in the beginning of his matches. And instead of hitting Steamboat with the salt... He ends up hitting his own man. He hits Morocco in the face with the ceremonial salt. And Steamboat rolls up Morocco one, two, three, excuse me, to get the victory in the match. After the match is over, Fuji and Morocco attack Ricky Steamboat. And it looks like they're going to maybe do something else onto Steamboat, but the JYD grabs his collar and chain and chases Fuji and Morocco out of there. Our next manager that we take a look at is Luscious Johnny Valiant, who, at in this clip, is the manager of Brutus Beefcake. And believe it or not, folks, uh, this is one of the rare Johnny Valiant promos where you can clearly understand Johnny Valiant. And they talk about why did Brutus Beefcake select him to be his manager? Valiant says the man's got good taste. The man is very smart. He knows when he's got a winner. And they talk about, you know, cutting, you know, how much money do they get for the win? 50-50, could be 52-48, could be 98-2. You never know. So Johnny Valiant in this match faces a young Steve Lombardi. Yes, the future Brooklyn brawler himself. 
is on a Coliseum video. And in this one, Valiant just goes right to work on Lombardi. Does not give Lombardi any kind of chance whatsoever. He is just taking him to town all over the place. And at one point, Valiant takes Lombardi towards the entranceway, gives him a body slam onto the concrete floor of the Capitol Center, and goes back into the ring to celebrate. Well, that was his mistake, because Lombardi manages to make a comeback, and he ends up body slamming Valiant onto the concrete floor to loud cheers, which is very amazing. And Lombardi gets back in the ring, and now he gets the advantage. And then Lombardi makes a mistake. Valiant is in the corner. Lombardi goes, looks like he's going for either a splash or an elbow. Lom uh, Valiant moves out of the way. Lombardi misses. He goes down. Valiant hits him with an elbow drop. One, two, three. Luscious Johnny Valiant is your winner in this match. Now, we go to a segment where we take a look at the Grand Wizard of Wrestling. Now, the Grand Wizard of Wrestling, Ernie Roth, uh, passed away in 1983-84 to cancer. So this videotape is about a year or two after the Grand Wizard's death. So, the Grand Wizard gets a segment in the videotape, and he talks about his latest acquisition, the Magnificent Morocco. Yes, at one point, Don Morocco was managed by the Grand Wizard. So we get a very good uh, promos from both the Grand Wizard and the Magnificent Morocco. Morocco just entered the territory, just came into the World Wrestling Federation. Uh, if I had to guess, I'd say it's 80 or 81. That's just an honest guess for, honest guess for me as to when this interview could have been. But the Grand Wizard, uh, you know, if you look back at managers, and especially in WWE, is a legendary figure, but also at the same time could be considered today sort of an underrated manager. I mean, he managed superstar Billy Graham to the WWF title against Bruno Sammartino in 1977. So... Uh, but the Grand Wizard gets a very nicely put uh, segment in the videotape. Very nice, a, a very well done job by Coliseum Video. Next manager we take a look at is Classy Freddie Blassie. So we start off with a clip of the interview prior to the WWF Tag Team Championship match from WrestleMania One. Where his men, the Nickel or the Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov, challenge the champions Barry Windham and Mike Rotundo. Then we get into the final closing moments of the championship match. Uh, we pick up where Volkov is in it or in control of Mike Rotundo. We see that Freddie Blassie and Lou Albano are arguing against each other on the outside of the ring. Iron Sheik comes into the ring, locks in. An abdominal stretch. Rotundo manages to get out of it. Makes a tag to Barry Windham. Windham is a house of fire. And in the end of the match, uh, Freddie Blassie lends his cane to Iron Sheik. Sheik hits Windham with the cane. The cane breaks. 
Volkov falls on top of Wyndham. One, two, three. Volkov and Sheik win the tag team titles. After the match, Mean Gene interviews the champions and at one point asks Freddie Blassie, where's the cane? To which Blassie replies, what cane? I, I didn't have no cane. And Bobby Heenan points out that Freddie Blassie does tell a white little lie. But if you go with the old adage, stick with what got you there. Which goes into this next match. Nikolai Volkov versus George the Animal Steel. So, with Volkov, he sings the Russian National Anthem. Now, if you've seen a bajillion times Volkov singing the Russian National Anthem, he gets garbage thrown at him, pelted at him. So, Blassie's standing in the middle of the ring with Volkov, it's as if, oh, okay, you know, it's it's a normal shtick. We, we, we've been through this before. Howard Finkel is over on one corner of the ring, and he has, you know, he's just standing there waiting for this thing to go. This poor referee, who I don't think has ever dealt with this situation in his life, puts his hands over his head, protecting himself as if he could die from the fans pelting Nikolai Volkov with the garbage. While this is going on, Captain Lou and George the Animal Steel are shown making their way from the locker room into the arena, and George goes after Volkov, interrupting what almost was a complete version of the Russian National Anthem. So after all the chaos has been cleared, the match begins, and... Let's just say it's not your five-star match. But it is kind of fun in a way because, you know, you got two big guys. Volkov's about 313. George Steele's about 280. And these are veterans of the ring. These guys are going to go at each other. At one point, Steele goes into the turnbuckle, grabs the stuffing, and uses it on Volkov. Blassie has his cane, and he attacks Steele on a few occasions getting him in the kidney area with the cane. Albano goes around the ring and confronts Blassie, saying, what are you doing to my guy? And, you know, Blassie's crossing his heart, you know, cross my, ho- cross my heart, hope to die, and all that stuff. And he hits Albano with the cane and knocks him out, which gets George Steele to come out, and he is about ready to go after Blassie but Volkov comes out of the ring, he attacks him, and then Albano gets back up, and he attacks Blassie, and it's complete chaos outside of the ring, and they ended up both being counted out of the ring. It was a double count out. Um, but it did show you how devious Freddie Blassie could be. Now, the next manager that gets a look at is the mouth of the south jimmy hart now jimmy hart is one of the more recent additions at this time to the world wrestling federation so here we have a piece from the tnt show where he is with greg the hammer valentine valentine at this point in the or in the segment is the intercontinental champion 
getting prepared for WrestleMania and the Junkyard Dog. Now, he talks about how Jimmy Hart is rock and roll. Jimmy Hart is real rock and roll. He was in a band called The Gentries. They had a number one hit. And the current rock and roll that's out today is punk rock. Like Cindy Lauper. You know, that punk rocker. Cindy Lauper. So, they talk about the match for WrestleMania against the Junkyard Dog. And Valentine mentions in this segment that the Junkyard Dog refers to himself as the the best or the big bad black athlete of professional wrestling. Okay. And they talk about how when Valentine was with Albano, Valentine, you know, was eating burgers and drinking beer. He was at 265. Now that he's with Jimmy Hart, he's leaned down to 250, getting ready for the Intercontinental title match at WrestleMania with the Junkyard Dog. Of course, Junkyard Dog would win the match as a result of a countout. Valentine would retain the Intercontinental title. Now we're going to take a look at the female managers of professional wrestling, and we're going to start with Cindy Lauper. Now, Cindy Lauper in this clip is with Wendy Wendy Richter, as Richter challenges the fabulous Moolah for the women's title. This was uh, the first WWF match shown on MTV, um. And I reviewed this on the Best of the WWF Volume 1 uh, review, which you guys can go back and listen to my review of that match. But they do show some highlights of the match. They show the conclusion where Richter does win the title. Now, we go back to WrestleMania, where Mean Gene is with Cindy Lauper and Wendy Richter getting ready for the title match against Leilani Kai. And Cindy Lauper's like, Shmoola, Lonnie let me tell you something. Use a powerful word because I'm a powerful manager and I'm a powerful woman taught by Captain Lou. And I'm going to lead, I'm going to lead Wendy Richter back to the title. And then Wendy Richter has some comments. And then we get to the other side. Leilani Kai and Mula are there. Mula has these glasses on with dollar bills uh, put in them. And... Moolah's like, oh, I had these made special for my jeweler, you know, just in case, you know, this occasion for this event. And Leilani Kai talks about how it doesn't matter how she's going to do it, she's going to retain the title. So we get into the final moments of the match. Um, Leilani Kai does a couple of body slams on Richter. At one point, she gets a two count on Richter, but couldn't put her away. Leilani Kai climbs up to the top rope, goes for a diving across body off the top rope hits it but it is reversed and Richter is able to pin Kai one two three and Wendy Richter is the new WWF women's champion meanwhile Cindy Lauper on the outside of the ring is choking away at the fabulous moolah now we get to a very interesting point in this videotape it is Bobby the Brain Heenan. So we start off with, let's say it all together one more time, a clip from WrestleMania 
where we see Andre the Giant body slam. Big John Study gets the $15,000. Heenan steals the money from Andre and he and Stud get out of there. Then we go to the TNT show and this is the first segment of the managers or the wrestling personnel, I guess we can say, giving love advice to fans. This is the intro. This is the first one. So we get one individual who, you know, doesn't like wrestling. There's two I want to point out in particular. Because I, one of them is... My husband doesn't make love to me. I am a right old age of 69 years young. What should I do? And Bobby's like, well, you know, you should probably take your hair bun down, take your, you know, grandma skirt off and put on an evening of Paris because the cologne you have on is an afternoon in Brooklyn. Then comes the final question. There were three questions, but the fu- I wanted to mention the second and the third because these were the best questions. The final question is, I, I am not attracted, you know, or my husband. He is a very interesting thing. He has a six-inch scar on his face. I am not attracted to people with scars. What should I do when I make love to my husband? And Vince just loses it just because, you know, just the idea that this guy has six inches, you know, a six-inch scar. And Bobby's like, well, I'm surprised this guy has six inches of anything. And it's just really funny. And he suggests that he should, that the, the wife should put a paper bag over her husband's head. And when she's making love to him, pretend that it's, you know, pretend it's Bobby Heenan or Big John Studd or even Vince McMahon if she wanted to. And that is the love advice from the personalities of the World Wrestling Federation. Six-inch scar. Mm-hmm. So now we go to a match held in Toronto, Andre the Giant against Big John Studd. We're into the closing moments of this match and Stud is in control of Andre. Stud tells Heenan to bring to bring something out and it is a big pair of scissors. I mean these are the kind they're they're not shears. They're not shears that you would use to work on your yard, but they are bigger than your normal pair of scissors. So Stud is going to attempt to cut Andre's hair again. But Andre catches him before he cuts his hair. So we get this dangerous fight. Stud's got a pair of scissors in his hand. Andre's holding his arm. Andre bites on the arm of Stud where he manages to let go. The referee grabs the scissors. Andre picks up Stud and body slams him in the ring. Boom, that's another $15,000. Andre then goes to the referee, grabs the pair of scissors, and he starts to cut Big John Stud's hair. Meanwhile, while this is going on, 
Bobby Heenan is calling for somebody in the back, and it ends up being King Kong Bundy. So Bundy comes in, he attacks Stud, and we get a two-on-one attack on Andre the Giant, where Bundy does in excess three to four splashes right onto Andre before a host of wrestlers can come out to save Andre, which includes Cousin Junior, Leaping Lanny Poffo, and I, and I want to say it was Jim Brunzel of the Killer Bees, it looked like. Now we go to a very good part of the videotape. This is a very good segment. I, I really enjoyed this. Because, for the first time in the Coliseum Video Library, we are introduced to Randy Macho Man Savage. And he is, at this time, the number one free agent in professional wrestling. This is the gimmick going on. So, all the managers want him to be their client. So, from the TNT show, we have, I guess we could say like a round table meeting. It is Bobby Heenan, Jimmy Hart, and Fred Blassie. Those are the three that are there. So, each man tries to convince Randy Savage why they should be their manager. So Hannah comes up first, and he says, Look, you join me. You're going to get the absolute best. I'll take you to Beverly Hills every day. I'll have you meet the stars. I'll have you meet the celebrities. You'll be first class all the way. I'll give you everything you want all the way to the world title. And Randy's like, All right, yeah, I kind of like this. Then we get to Jimmy Hart. And I like Jimmy Hart's proposal. If I was Randy Savage at this time, after hearing these, I'd sort of want to go with Jimmy Hart because Jimmy Hart's like, look, you know, I don't buy expensive stuff like these guys. You see this suit? I got this for $15. I saved a lot of money. And one of them is like, yeah, you probably got that at Kmart at the blue, you know, the blue uh, blue light sale. And he's like, it's okay, baby. It's okay. Look, you're going to make money and you're going to save money. Because we're going to, you know, we're going to get cheap, you know, we're not going to buy the expensive stuff. We're going to we're going to get the cheap stuff, but we're going to save a lot of money, and when you win the world title, you're going to make even more money because you save money. I like this. Yeah, I, I like this. And then Fred Blassie's the last one. Blassie makes a good argument. He's like, look, I'm the only one of the three here that has managed a world champion, referring to the Iron Sheik. I could get you diamonds. I know you like diamonds. Oh, yeah, diamonds. Oh, yeah. And then Blassie pulls out a wad of cash. I mean, it is over a thousand dollars in cash, maybe two thousand dollars. And Blasi's like, "You see this? This is spending money right here. You could have this kind of money, and this could be spending money for you if you join me. And I won't take anything but twenty-five percent. Any any manager that makes you an offer, 
I'll man, I'll raise that by 25%. And Savage is like, yeah, I like this. I like this. So, you know, he takes the jacket off. He does the posing. And, you know, the managers are going crazy. Uh, Heenan pulls out a gold American Express card. And, you know, it, it's just it's just a really good segment. Then we get to this match. And Heenan does this whole thing about Randy. You're not going to get anywhere, especially with this manager you've got. There's nowhere you're going to go. Which is interesting because Randy Savage, who faces Jim Young, is followed by Jimmy or Johnny Valiant, Jimmy Hart, Freddie Blassie, Bobby Heenan, and Mr. Fuji. So we are told in this match that Randy Savage has decided on who his manager is going to be. It is not any of the five that are out there at ringside. But Vince and Bruno are like, well, maybe this is a, you know, maybe it's a double cross. Maybe Randy did pick one of these guys to be his manager and he's just fooling them along. And I, I'm not going to really go much into the match. Savage wins with the elbow drop. One, two, three. Savage wins. Then, Savage gets on the mic. And he thanks each and every one of the managers who tried to get his services for teaching him all the different stuff. You know, some of the stuff he's going to take with him for the rest of his life. Some of the stuff... You know, it just blew my mind, yeah. And then he points to the door, the the entrance door. And he says, right behind the door is the macho man's new manager. And it's like, okay, well, it's not any of the five here. Who could it be? And here she comes. The door pops open, and oh my lord, look at this beautiful young lady. The fans are going crazy. They're whistling about this lady. And if you haven't figured out by now, it is Miss Elizabeth. She is the manager of the macho man Randy Savage. And I gotta say, you know, the way they introduce Savage just from watching this piece, is done so well. And then the way they introduce Elizabeth is done so well. It's going to be fun to see Savage and Elizabeth going down the road in future Coliseum videos. Now we go to Hillbilly Jim, who, uh, which I'll discuss in the next Coliseum Corner. Um... He is briefly a manager in 1985 uh, with Uncle Elmer and Cousin Junior. And they face the team of Barry O and Jerry Adams. We do not get the entire match, thankfully, because, again, we will see this on the next videotape that I review. But one of the things they do talk about is who they think could be the manager of the year. Jesse thinks because of the move that Bobby Heenan made trading the missing link 
for King Kong Bundy that Heenan is going to win Manager of the Year. Vince brings up Johnny Valiant. Johnny Valiant just recently led Beefcake and Valentine to the World Tag Team titles. Hillbilly Jim was one of the favorites, considered by Vince McMahon, to win this award. So could Captain Lou Albano. Then we go one more time to the TNT show with Freddie Blassie and Jimmy Hart where they talk about the Manager of the Year contest where fans could vote for the Manager of the Year. And, you know, Blassie and Hart, they're talking about, oh, we didn't say that. You know, that Bobby Heenan said that. Uh, uh, that fat slob Albano, he said that. You know, we're like blood brothers. He's like a father to me. And, you know, Blassie's asked, well, how would you react? How would you feel if you won the manager of the year? And he's like, you know, it it would be great. You know, it wouldn't replace all the diamond rings and the jewelry that I have, but it would be great. Jimmy Hart gets asked, and he tells him that it would be the greatest day of his life. You know, for everything that he's done in pro wrestling, him winning this award would be the greatest day of his life. Now we get to the Manager of the Year ceremony. So, Mean Gene is the MC, and we have three potential winners in the ring. Bobby the Brain Heenan, Hillbilly Jim, and Captain Lou Albano. So, Mean Gene thanks the fans for voting because over a million people voted or sent in letters with their pick for the Manager of the Year. So, we start off with Bobby the Brain Heenan. So, Bobby the Brain Heenan has... About 117,000 votes, which is a pretty considerable good number. Then he tells Gene that Johnny Valiant, Mr. Fuji, Fred Blassie, and Jimmy Hart gave all the votes that they got and gave them the Bobby Heenan. After Gene does the math, he calculates... That Jim or that Bobby Heenan has over half a million votes. So basically, because the four other managers probably felt like, well, we're not gonna really win this award. Why don't we just give it to Bobby? He's got the best chance. We'll give all of our votes to Bobby Heenan. Heenan's got over half a million votes. So he thinks he's won the award. Hillbilly Jim comes in and he's like, well, well, how many votes do I have? And Gene says, well, you don't have nearly as much to catch Bobby Heenan. You have 316,000 votes. Then he asks Gene, how many votes does Captain Lou have? And he says, well, Captain Lou was very close in the voting. He had 314,000 votes. And Hillbilly Jim, and and I know Hillbilly Jim's a nice guy. He does the stupidest thing. 
he gives all of his votes to Captain Lou Albano. He had more votes than Lou Albano, and yet he's going to give all of his votes to Lou Albano, and Albano wins the Manager of the Year award. What is going on? It's like this election was rigged. It's worse than, you know, anybody accusing 2016. Because if you think about it, if the results had just stayed the same, Hillbilly Jim would have been named the manager of the year for 1985. And then all the other heel managers give their vote to Bobby Heenan. And then Hillbilly's like, oh, well, I'm going to give all my votes to Kevin Lou because I'm a country boy. I'm a nice guy. It's like, what? So, Lou Albano, who should have finished at least second, but then gets bumped to third, and then gets propelled up to first, wins the Manager of the Year award. It, it, it's crazy. So, Heenan hits Albano with the trophy. Stud and Bundy get in the ring. They circle around Hillbilly Jim. They take him down. And Bundy hits a series of splashes, just like he did to Andre earlier on in the videotape before uh, Cousin Junior and Uncle Elmer can make the save. Now, I do want to I, I go a little bit off track real quick, because I do want to mention something before we get to the end of the tape. About a year ago, I saw this clip on YouTube. Not, not, not the clip that we that I just talked about, but in, but another clip. I, if I had to guess, this has to be mid seventies for this clip. The WWF or the WWWF had their own manager of the year segment, at least ten years prior. To the one that I just discussed. So Vince McMahon is in the ring. And there are four managers. Blassie. Grand Wizard. Albano. Arnold Skolan. I'm actually surprised Skolan is not mentioned in the tape. So. uh, Vince reads off the results. To you know where they finished. Blassie finishes fourth. Grand Wizard finishes third. Albano finishes second. So that means Arnold Scullin wins and is named Manager of the Year. So, you know, at first Albano's upset, but then he's like, Alright, yeah, you won. Congratulations. So Vince and Scullin are leaving, and Albano goes after Scullin, and he knocks Arnold and McMahon off the apron to the floor, and he attacks both guys. I'm not kidding. This is a this is a legitimate piece of footage. I don't know if it's still up on YouTube or not. If it is, please look it up. It is an interesting segment from the mid-1970s. That's the guess of my time frame. So speaking of Lou Albano, he is the final manager that is mentioned on the videotape and we are told during this that in the next series of releases from Coliseum Video 
there's going to be an entire video cassette dedicated to the life and times of Captain Louis Albano, which makes Bobby Heenan sick to his stomach. So we have Albano being interviewed on TNT by Vince McMahon. They talk about the Samoans losing the titles to Atlas and Jackson, or Johnson. And then he talks about how not only is he a manager of champions, but he is a manager of wrestling champions, but he's also a manager of musician champions with his most recent signing being Cindy Lauper and how he made her famous with girls just want to have fun, she's so unusual, time after time. And this is a really good piece here. It's really well done um, because Vince is like, are you really sure? Because, you know, Dale Wolf is the manager. And he's like, Dale Wolf, Dale Dog, doesn't doesn't really matter. I am I am the manager of Cindy Lauper. So then we go into our final match. And Lou Albano is putting on the tights. Because it is a tag team match where he and Afa are teaming up to face Andre the Giant and Pedro Morales. Okay. So, Afa starts the match with Morales, and, you know, we get back and forth, and Albano eventually gets into the ring, goes after Pedro, but as soon as Pedro starts coming back, makes the tag to Afa. So, eventually, Andre gets in the ring, and Andre and Albano do meet in the ring, and Andre goes to work on... Uh, Lou Albano to the point where Albano is busted open. So all four men come in the ring. Albano gets knocked out of the ring and he goes back to the locker room leaving Afa alone in the middle of the ring. Two on one. He gets beat down. One, two, three. Pedro and Andre win the tag team match. And then we go into the credits. And then after the credits, we were told about the next three exciting additions. Three next three videotapes from Coliseum Video. We start with the Best of the World Wrestling Federation Volume 5, which will feature in this tape the British Bulldogs, the Killer Bees, Wendy Richter, and from their file of the most unusual matches, an eight-man tag team match featuring Rocky Johnson, Pedro Morales, and the Wild Samoans. Then, the next video is dedicated to one outstanding individual. This one is the life and times of Captain Lou Albano, the madman, the philosopher, the sinner and the saint. See it all in this videotape. Finally, a special two-hour, you heard that right, two-hour video cassette Dedicated to Tag Team Champions. A six-year retrospective of Tag Team Championship matches and the different tag teams. Every match has the Tag Team titles on the line. That is the best of the World Wrestling Federation Volume 5, the life and times of Captain Louis Albano, and the Tag Team Champions. Go to your local retailer and reserve your copies now. And then after that, you get, if you'd like to suggest a future videotape, right to the producer, Coliseum Video, 450 West 54th Street, New York.
New York. And that is the WWF's Amazing Managers. I do want to say that uh, about a month ago, I reviewed on that wrestling show the sequel to this, Brains Behind the Bronze, which when I get to it, you'll get a Coliseum Corner episode of that here. I really enjoyed this one, this particular one, The Amazing Managers, more than Brains Behind the Brawn. Well, although to be fair, what I watched was a WWE Network version. It did cut out a piece or two. So, you know, I'm not going to really bash it this time around. Here, I watched the videotape uh, beginning to end. You got a good host in Bobby Heenan. Uh, They pretty much picked everybody right, you know, for the videotape. It didn't matter what order they were in. The one, like I said earlier, the one that I'm a little surprised about that they didn't mention was Arnold Skolan, but I'm sure there was some reason maybe Arnie didn't want to get mentioned in the tape. Uh, I'm not really sure. All in all, if you are looking for something to watch, uh, sort of a retrospective on some of the more famous managers, I would recommend this tape. I really would recommend it. I know it's up on the WWE Network, so if you don't have the tape, watch it on the WWE Network. It is worth watching. I think you guys are going to get a really nice perspective on uh, not only the more well-known managers, Bobby Heenan, Jimmy Hart, uh, Elizabeth, Freddie Blassie, and, uh, and Albano, but also the ones that, you know, maybe people don't remember, like the Grand Wizard, like Cindy Lauper as a manager, Moolah as a manager, uh, Mr. Fuji, Johnny Valiant, you know, just get a good perspective on everybody. So, overall, I would recommend this tape. I really would. If you can find it on eBay, just pick it up on eBay, and like I said, if you can't get it, just go to the WWE Network. They have it uh, up there. For you to watch so check it out all right uh next time on coliseum corner going to be into the personality section going to be taking a look at wrestling's country boys hillbilly jim uncle elmer and cousin junior uh some of the stuff that i mentioned in this tape or in this review i'm going to mention again but into more depth and uh, hopefully you guys will have a lot of fun listening to that episode as much as you did with this one here today. Thank you guys for tuning in to this episode of Coliseum Corner. I am Bill Yankovey, and I'll talk to you all next time on Coliseum Corner.